It's Tuesday, September 8th, and this is The Pit Show! What's up, everybody? Jay Miller here. This is The Pit Show. We're still in our, our preseason preparation for what's going to be changing in the new year as we get ready for that. And today is September the 8th, 2020. This is actually my first day at a new job. Now, spoiler alert with a little bit of recording magic. I'm recording this on Labor Day, the day before. But I'm super excited to be working with uh, my new company, uh, that I've been hired on to, the new team that I am absolutely stoked to connect with and start working with and learning from. And I thought about this. This isn't the first time that I've worked remotely, but it is the first time that I've had a first day working remotely. And there's a lot of things that go into that. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I'm also going to be sharing an interview that I had with Zach Braddy. This is part of a conversation that we had where we talk a lot about the adventure of transitioning into a job. I'm really excited to share that conversation with you. But let's jump in into this topic your first day when working from home. Now, I've got three points here that I want to share with you. And the first one is be realistic. If you're a developer, you're not probably going to be writing code on your first day. Um, It just probably isn't going to happen. You're going to have to get access to things. You're going to have to get your account set up. You're going to be meeting your team. You're going to be learning the processes and getting all of that stuff situated. You're going to be going through your orientation, signing paperwork, any of those things. There's going to be a lot that's going on. So don't go in thinking that you're immediately going to be jumping into things and getting started. And I think that that is a big deal there. You have to have an expectation of what you want to see accomplished. And by being realistic with yourself, you can actually end the day feeling pretty good, even if you haven't done a lot. Now, There's not much involved in all of these things in terms of mental capacity, but it's still going to take a lot out of you. So the next thing that I'm going to tell you is treat your first day working from home like your first day. Take care of yourself. Get plenty of sleep the night before. Make sure you shower, you shave. Make sure you're properly hydrating And do all of these things that you would normally do that will give you the most energy and the most excitement for that first day. I promise you first impressions are always important. You want to make a good first impression. You've already done so with a few people. That's why you got hired. So you want to continue that into the rest of 
your time at that company. So make that good first impression. Make sure you're, you've eaten. Make sure you're energized and you're ready to go through this long and grueling day of paperwork and getting to know people. I would tell you, eat a good breakfast and pack a light lunch. You don't want to have the itis you know, at the end of the day, you want to, you don't want to be like falling asleep while you're watching videos and stuff. Even though no one's watching, you can still wind up missing some vital information that's going to help you down the road. And the last thing that I'm going to share is do some prep work where possible. If you've gotten access to your accounts, check your email, see what that first day is going to look like, see what events you have coming up. There's usually uh, some orientation stuff that's later on in the week. Some people are going to want to have stuff scheduled for you. You're going to probably have meetings and introductory meetings. People are going to be sending you emails, introducing themselves. You can even reach out to some of the other folks in your company, on your team, or in a similar role at the company, depending on how large it is. Uh, That was something that I did with this job was I reached out to some of the other developer advocates and I just said, hey, what's it going to be like the first few days? What can I look forward to doing? What are some of the, the key things that people are focusing on? I watched some videos from my company to see what their attitude is when they're presenting. What are some of the things that they're talking about at a company-wide scale. And also, if you have any questions, you have information that you can, you have people that you can reach out to. You can talk to your recruiter. You can talk to the hiring manager. Um, feel free to email them. Uh, give them your cell phone number. If, if they've given you their cell phone number, I would discourage you from like texting or calling, you know. Uh, I would just stick with email. And if it's really important, then maybe you call. Um, but do all of these things. If you have your workstation prior to starting, go ahead and get some stuff installed. Get those tools that you know you're going to need as long as your company doesn't have a a wild policy against installing things. Then go ahead and and put those necessary tools on there. Um, Set up your office. Set up your desk. Take that opportunity as a time to maybe get rid of some of the clutter and some of the junk that's been accumulated over years and years. And Do the things that you have been thinking about doing in your office at this time. This is going to be the the least amount on your plate at this moment. So before your first day, make sure you're doing those things. I actually did a lot of those things. I got my standing desk installed. I got a docking station for my laptop and a new mat for my feet when I'm at my standing desk. And I put up my acoustic paneling and, and a whole bunch of other things. And... I took advantage of that time to also get rid of a lot of clutter that was coming from my old job, from my old desk. So those are my three tips for you. First of all, be realistic. Just know that you're not going to get a ton of things done, but also list out some of the things that you want to make sure do get accomplished that first day. Make sure you meet your team. Make sure you say hello to everybody. Um, Do some uh, prep work you know, set your stuff up the way that you're going to want it, clean up a little bit. And then of course, treat it like it's your first day. Make sure you get plenty of sleep the night before. Make sure you're showered up. Make sure you have a good shave if that's the thing that you do. And make sure that you eat a good breakfast and a light lunch so you don't get tired in the afternoon. 
that's my tip. We're going to jump into my conversation with Zach Braddy. And then after that, I'm going to come back with a couple of tips from the community. I have a longtime listener of the show, a newly made friend and fellow podcaster, uh, Zach Braddy. Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? You know, I'm I'm doing good. Like I said, this has been a busy day for me, but I am that just means I'm pumped and I'm ready to jump into this conversation. I I have a couple of questions that I'm going to use to break the ice a little bit. Are you happy or sad about indentation in Python? <laughs> I mean, that's how you program it, isn't it? Like, is there is there a choice there? Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, there there are a lot of people that really get caught up over that. They're like, man, like that whole indentation thing is just the absolute worst. Where some of us are like, I mean, it makes your code pretty and and all these things, you know. I stopped caring about what my code looked like about two or three years ago when um, I started using Prettier, and I've just never looked back. I mean, I don't even know how to write good-looking code anymore. I just I just hit save, and it all gets turned into pretty code for me. You know, I've said to people before, I, I've I've had in my career, I have had my last argument about linting rules. Like that's that's already happened. i know I know it. It's just, I, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I'm sure that it was my last because I'm not arguing again about it. It's just, uh, it's such a waste of time. So yeah, in terms of, do I care about indenting in Python and all that kind of stuff? You do you. <laughs> I don't care. That was my clever segue to, to talk about the first thing that you do, which is a, a crazy podcast that you do with a few other friends over in the UK called Tabs and Spaces. Uh Spaces is is the answer for me, but um, yeah. yeah, it's I fully understand the idea of people having preferences, but I think at the end of the day, and correct me if I'm wrong, one of the the things that your podcast really does is kind of dispel the myth that there is the the one true way. Like in most cases, what people are doing are fine. Yeah, exactly. That's that's basically exactly it. I mean, the 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 whole idea for the podcast sort of came out uh, one night. I came home after having a few beers. I jumped on Slack uh, and and messaged uh, Jamie and James, and I said, "I got this idea for a podcast, right?" Because every time we always used to get together, we'd have these conversations in in pubs and all that kind of stuff, just musing, just riffing on all the stuff that has sort of happened to us throughout our careers and stuff. And we always went away like taking on each other's viewpoints and realizing that uh, um, holding on to opinions you know, really tightly, it just it stops you from being able to see different points of view and so forth. And so I said, you know, why don't we make a podcast where it's basically like we're chatting in a, in a bar, you know what I mean, about, about development. And so there are no right or wrong answers, but there is just, you know, this is what I think sort of thing uh very very sort of opinionated sort of thing and um i mean it seems to be going fairly well i mean i i listen to the episodes myself just you know give it a month or two i forget about it and i'm like i I enjoy listening to the conversation so uh you know i think if you're if you're proud of the content that you're putting out then that's all you can ask for yeah that's that's kind of been i guess the ongoing conversation in my career as of late of 
you know, just trying to move into that realm of uh, like, hey, I'm a developer trying to start acting like one. And and in that, it's, it has been the a lot of the arguments that people have at the beginning of their development career are from opinions of people, not necessarily rules. And being able to distinguish the difference between the two and then to also become comfortable in your own development style, your own development skill set. I mean, I have conversations with senior developers that are like, why are you doing functional stuff here? But then you're also doing like object oriented stuff here. And I'm like, I don't know, because that's how I learned to do it. And if there's a better way, I'll switch to it. But the code got writ. So job done, right? Yeah. You you don't like it, write it again yourself. Yeah. As long as you write the test for it, I don't care what it looks like. If the test passed, then we're good. Like, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about your journey because, I mean, we've we've kind of hinted a little bit like, you know, you've done React, you're doing React now. Um, you used to do some .NET back in the day. How did you get to, you know, lead developer on a team? And then also, how did you go from, like, using one language and then kind of making the job switch and then just kind of a, adopting it and, and pushing forward? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess my, 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 my journey through development is, uh, well, look, I'm not going to give you the full story because we'll be here for too long, but um, I'll give you, give you the highlights. Uh, essentially, I, I did a, uh, a double degree in business and computing, uh, so I kind of had the, the science, the, the comsci degree. Um, but then as soon as I'd finished that, I, I got into work in Australia uh, and I was sort of 21, 22 and I thought, this is my life now. Now I just come in and like, you know, I, I do my nine to five and then that's going to be it and, until I die. Uh, and I was kind of like like disillusioned with it all. And so I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to go around Europe. So uh, yeah, I, I just, I went around Europe and worked in bars and did not a lot of tech uh, for a couple of years. Which meant that you know when people say, "Oh, do you need a, a computer science degree, or do you not need a computer science degree to get into IT?" I kind of did both because <laughs> because <laughs> I had I had the computer science degree, but by the time I went to go start using it, it was a couple of years after I got it, and no one wanted to know me. Uh, so I ended up having to go into support, um, you know, like uh, application support at a company that you know built software, so I supported their software, and. Uh, it took me three years of like begging and begging and begging to uh, let me be a developer for you. Let me be a developer for you. I had to watch uh, three people get hired and then subsequently leave uh, whilst, you know, when I was like, come on, give me a go. I finally got a go. And then I was working in, yeah, .NET. And I kind of did that for about five years, floated around a couple of, a couple of companies and then moved uh, my most recent post at a startup called Kudu. Uh, I went from .NET to uh, JavaScript. So at the time, I'd done a lot of stuff with React. Um, and I had like a course in React, which I'm not going to push because it's now really out of date and I kind of wish it wasn't <laughs> out now. Um, but in any case, yeah, so that's uh, I, I did that. So I had like a little bit of clout in, in that respect. And my current CTO was, uh, was uh, interviewing me. And at the time, I kind of didn't know uh, that it was a JavaScript house I was interviewing for, and we got through it. And he was like, "Oh yeah, so we're on a like a Mern stack." And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa hang on, 
you know I'm a .NET developer, right? And he's like, yeah, but, you know, you'll be all right. You know, you seem, <laughs> you seem pretty, you seem like you know what you're talking about. So, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you'll be fine. You Wait, you will be fine, right? And I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. And How, uh, how, how yeah, so certain I, were you that you'd be fine? I was, you know, pretty, pretty sure I was going to be maybe okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I'd done, I'd done a little bit of Node stuff before, and obviously with React, you, you're playing around with NPM and all that kind of stuff anyway. So, like, a lot of the stack was fairly uh, – I, I knew fairly well. Um, the only the only thing that I really needed to do was, you know, prove myself to colleagues who were sort of like full-stack JavaScript developers. But being a startup, there was sort of only one or two of us who were all in the same same sort of boat. So, uh, you know, I didn't – didn't feel too much like an imposter coming in there anyway. So, yeah, it was all good. Oh, very cool. I, I think that that's probably one of the hardest things for me is because I have floated around Python, like, but I also do web development, I tend to be geared towards like Python and X, like Python and a little bit of vanilla JavaScript, Python, and then occasionally I'll look into PHP and see what they're doing these days and Python and Ruby on rails, which is like mixing oil and vinegar. Um, <laughs> just a interesting combination. But, uh, for me, it's, it's always been easy to, to go from one language to understanding what's happening in another, but not necessarily going from like writing code day in and day out in one language. And then all of a sudden flipping a switch and writing code in another language. I feel like that to me is the harder part because of all the little gotchas that come up in you know just day to day coding. Yeah, but I mean, giving yourself that broad experience, you know, in terms of saying, "Oh, well, yeah, I would just do Python and this and Python and that," um, it, it's going to help you to be able to do that sort of stuff. Because I mean, have you you ever done any um, like language, like like actual language learning, like you know French or or learning Spanish or anything like that? A little bit. A little bit of Spanish in high school, cool. and then I lived in Japan for three years. So, yeah, what you what you find when you learn languages that are close to each other, like you know, so you might find you know there's, um, Oriental languages like you know Japanese and Chinese, Cantonese, and all that kind of stuff might might do this. I'm, I actually I haven't studied them all that much, but certainly you know uh, European uh, based languages like you know Port Portuguese and Spanish uh, they share a lot of words. Um, they're, they're not the same language by any extent of the imagination, but if you know how to speak one, then you you, you can kind of get by uh, with the other. Um, and the same same sort of thing with the, you know speaking Spanish, uh, Mexican Spanish, and and Spanish Spanish. Uh, you know, is they they are. Um, effectively different languages, but they share a lot of words. Yeah. Um, and, and same sort of thing with with coding languages. You know, once you've learned one, you actually find you can kind of you can kind of get by uh, you know, w with most. I mean, you're right. There are the deeper things. You know, you might I don't know. You 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 might accidentally ask a train conductor if he's chicken sandwich is in love with him or something. You know, like but <laughs> uh, you know it's you you you'll you'll get by. Yeah, and and I mean, as someone that that lives in San Diego, which is as far south as you can go on the West Coast without re being in Mexico, like I mean, there's a huge Mexican, you know, there's a huge Spanish speaking population here, and that's the thing that we always notice. Where you know, one of my colleagues is actually Brazilian, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of times where 
you know, an employer or coworker will come into the office and just assuming they're like, oh, hey, a little bit darker skin, kind of that, you know, South America, Central South American like complexion and facial features. I'm going to speak Spanish. And eventually he goes, oh, yeah, no, I'm Brazilian. We speak Portuguese. <laughs> and he's like, I know, what you, I know what you're saying, but if I try to reply back, then that's where we're going to run into issues. So Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I, I feel like yeah. that's how I am often when it's like I'm writing code and it's like, I know what you're saying. I know what you're accomplishing here. But if you expect me to, to reply in a way that's going to make sense, oh, you're in for some trouble. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. All right, that was my interview with Zach Braddy. If you want to catch the entirety of that interview, you can do so by jumping on the newsletter. Head over to productivityintech.com, click the newsletter link, and sign up today. You'll get a link to the bonus show where we have the full interviews and the after shows and all of those fun things. So before the interview, we were talking about getting started on that first day when you're working from home. And I reached out to the community and got back some responses. And there were two that I really wanted to highlight uh, as we wrap up this episode of The Pit Show. And the first one comes from Jason Wise, Wise Programmer on Twitter, Jason says, don't be afraid to communicate with your team members. Sometimes it can be intimidating to reach out because you're afraid you're going to bother your coworkers. So this is a good one. Um, usually you'll know someone at the company. You will have met with someone at the company, but there are going to be a bunch of people that you don't know that you haven't been oriented with, you haven't connected with yet. So make sure that you do take a little bit of time. I think I said it earlier to introduce yourself. Um, if you have any questions on how something works, don't be afraid to ask. Um, there are, there's an etiquette of communication that I like to refer to, uh, in terms of, do you Slack? Do you email? Do you, you know, set up a call and, and all of those things. So be sure to think about that. Uh, if it's something that's asynchronous, maybe you'd start it with, Hey, no rush, but I was just wondering about this when you have some time. And of course you can always send somebody an email so they can get to it at their leisure, depending on what the email culture is and try to try to get an idea of that. Even before you start working somewhere, I think that's something that, a lot of people fail to miss is learning more and more about the culture of the company, not just the not just the attitude and everyone there. Oh, everyone's friendly. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would hope so. But also like, OK, how do people work here? Are we all working out of email? Are we using Slack? Are we using these tools? Learn all that stuff beforehand so that on your first day, you can ask the questions that, as Jason said, you're not going to feel like you're bothering them because they are, you know, solid questions that haven't, you know, come up yet. And even if you do have a question that might feel like a dumb question, just ask it. Trust me, I would rather look a little dumb asking a simple question than being dumb by assuming the answer and getting it wrong. 
So that was the first one. Thank you, Jason, for that. And then the second one actually comes from one of my future coworkers. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw the name out um, just because I haven't been able to get permission from them yet. But one of the things that they told me, just chill. <laughs> There's no expectations, and people are happy that you're on board. We often think that. You know, when we get a job, it's like the best thing that's happened to us. But we also have to remember, we're going into a situation where there was a need for someone to come in. So they're just as excited to have you that you are to have them. That may not be the sentiment for everyone in the team. There might be some people there that are like, oh, I don't know why we had to hire someone else. But I can promise you that there was a need to hire somebody. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have hired. So... Just, you can relax, you can, you know, take a deep breath and just let out a big sigh of relief. No one there is judging you on the first day. This isn't prison. You don't have to knock out the biggest and baddest guy, you know, that you see. You can relax, enjoy your first day, learn as much as you can, ask questions, and understand that it's going to be a process. Everyone understands that it's going to be a process. Everyone has a first day. It's not just the first time that they've ever had to hire someone new, unless you're literally employee number two, three, or four. It is going to be a situation where people know that you need to adjust. People are going to need to adjust to working with you. And everyone can get along as long as everyone is working together. And it's hard to do that when you got, you know, Mr. Anti Pants over here like I am, where you're trying to do way too much before you've ever, you know, clocked in for your first day of work. So I love those two. Thank you to um, both of those comments for the advice. I'm taking that into my first day feeling energized and excited. And I wonder if you're starting your first day, what was, or if you just recently started your first day working, you know, from home for the first time, or maybe you've worked from home before, but you know, you didn't, it wasn't a remote first company until this pandemic stuff happened. What were some of the things that you did for your first day? Uh, let me know. You can do so on Twitter at KJY Miller. Of course, you can follow uh, Productivity in Tech, which is the company that runs the pit show at prod underscore in underscore tech. And of course, of course, please share this with anyone that's starting their first day soon. Share this with your friends if they're looking to maybe make the transition into working from home and you know that this is going to be something that they're going to need once they do get hired on or maybe they're just a little anxious about their first day and they just need a little bit of woosa just relax so i've been jay miller this has been the pit show thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you next time take care the Pet Show was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Jay Miller. You can connect with me online at KJY Miller on Twitter, or you can check out my website at kjymiller.com. My guest this week was Zach Braddy. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Zacher the Hacker, and check out his podcast, Tabs and Spaces, at tabsandspaces.io. 
That's going to do it for this week. I've been your host, Jay Miller. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, see you later.